Hello, and welcome to PW's LitCast, a podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors of both fiction and nonfiction books. I'm Lenny Picker, and today I'm speaking with author Marie Veronique Nadeau, who's The Acne Answer, a step-by-step guide to clear, healthy skin from scientific origins to natural, easy, effective solutions, has been published by Sitting Duck Press, the sponsor of today's podcast. Good afternoon, Marie. Hi, Lenny. Could you start us off by talking a bit about your background and what led you to use chemistry to treat skin problems? So I used to be a high school chemistry teacher. And before that, um, I had always had an interest in skin care, but the two really came together when it just seemed to me that people weren't really paying attention to the the science part of taking, you know, the whole subject of, of skin, which is a very interesting and complex organ, seriously, from both the chemistry point of view, biochemistry, but in these days it's all about the microbiology because we're learning so many things about the skin and how it works because it has a very important microbiome attached to it, which is the skin microbiome. And so that's what makes these days the field very, very exciting. And it is the advances in microbiome research that led me to write the book. Marie, I understand that your company began in the lab that you had in your kitchen. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. Um, it was my kitchen, um, which I guess in, in some sense, everybody's kitchen is a laboratory. Um, and what I did was I was working at the time at Elephant Pharmacy and teaching classes on rosacea and that kind of thing. Um, and talking again about, uh, you know, my favorite subject, skincare, But it was time for me to really put some of what I knew from my past into working out, you know, making products for people because because what was missing, um, what was missing back then was a good sunscreen that people with rosacea could actually use without breaking out. Uh, And it was a big deal. It it was, there simply wasn't anything that wasn't uh, a bunch of organic chemicals that didn't work that well, and it would tend to aggravate people, uh, rashes with people who were suffering from rosacea already, even though sunscreen is is a major issue with them. Everybody needs sun protection, but people who have sensitive skin or prone to some type of dermatitis or rosacea really need sun protection every day. So, um, in my kitchen, lab, slash lab, I came up with a zinc oxide-only sunscreen that was received very well at the pharmacy where I was working, and that really launched everything. Um, it was just having an alternative to uh, the, the sunscreen options that were out there, because there weren't many. Uh, the only other real option was diaper rash cream, which is basically zinc oxide and works very well as a sunscreen only. only. Uh, aesthetically, it's not the greatest and people don't really, for some reason, want to wear diaper rash cream. So uh, mine was really a, a much better choice for people. 
So that's how I got started. The first section of your book is entitled Separating Fact from Fiction. What do you consider the biggest misconceptions that the general public has about acne? Oh, well, I think the biggest misconception these days is um, around the whole idea of you need to cleanse your skin and keep it clean and you need deep cleansing and you need to exfoliate every 10 minutes when really uh, the opposite is the truth. What you want to do is um, balance the microbiome of your skin and that means that you aren't forever attacking the the commensal microbes, which make up most of the micro, m- microbial population in your skin, with, with a lot of um, harsh ingredients that strip away that top layer of skin. That's your protective barrier that keeps everything in balance. Um, people think somehow that um, the more I cleanse, you know, it's really related to the whole idea of we want to get rid of the germs, we want to be clean. But new microbiome research has us now thinking about germs, bacteria, microbes in a completely different way. So we've gone from the germ theory of disease to the germ theory of health. So what you actually want to do is protect your microbes rather than the other way around. Um, Marie, you just used a term that some of our listeners may not be familiar with, and I would include myself among them before I read your book. Can you just explain what you mean by the term commensal? Sure. A commensal bacteria, and most of the microbes on your skin are commensal. That is, they either are, are there not doing any harm or that sometimes they can act uh, in a symbiotic manner. Um, And this is opposed to the pathogens like Staphylococcus aureus or or the ones that are well known for for being actually uh, detrimental to skin health. And is it clear at this point, based on uh, the science you've done and the research you've read, what the causes of acne actually are? Oh, wow. You know, what's interesting about this is uh, how fascinating and how complex it is. And the more it is investigated, the more complicated it becomes. Um, So I just went to a microbiome conference last week in which they talked about how, all right, there there is um, a a microbe that we have identified for a long time, Propriony bacterium acnes, as being the major cause of acne. So it sits in the hair follicle and eats the sebum and uh, generally wreaks havoc when it overcolonizes because in skin, uh, well, you know, teenagers, you know, they reach puberty and they're producing massive amounts of sebum. And so the, the uh, P. acneus goes to town, you know, it overcolonizes, takes over, breaks down cell walls, creates infection, so on and so forth. But it turns out that it's, a, it's not that simple, um, that it actually, uh, Propriony bacterium acnes, of which there have now been identified 112 different strains of this bacteria, there's only one or two that actually cause, go on to cause infections and acne. So there you are. So where we are now in working with the P. acneus is identifying strains that are probably commensal or helpful, as opposed to those which are 
pathogenic. It's it's really fascinating. So so the idea that 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 we are going to find answers soon is is wishful thinking. So the more we learn, the more we know how little we know, really. So it's so it's complicated. And I guess one of the things that surprised me the most and betrays my sort of ignorance is my idea was that acne is really primarily an adolescent concern. And I didn't realize how many adults suffer from it. Uh, could you talk about the ways in which adolescent and adult acne differ? Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you asked that question because that really is at the heart of uh, the new research. Okay, so it used to be that acne was simple. When I was young, um, there was actually one type of acne on the scene, and that was um, acne vulgaris, the teenage acne, and it comes at, at along with puberty. Um, because you're starting to produce more sebum and all these other things are happening. So that's hormonal acne, right? Um, but now what's different about today is that we have an epidemic and it's gone from one in four adults to now it's one in two adults are afflicted with some type of quote unquote acne in their adult years. And so this is acne that can hit it. 30 up to age 60. I have some clients who were in their 60s and they're complaining, you know, what is this? Suddenly I have acne. Um, but acne is just kind of a blanket general term for a lot of skin issues that we can't really pin down. And the reason we can't, I believe, is because they're not really acne. Adult acne isn't acne so much as it is um, an expression of overall microbial dysbiosis. That is, there are um, disruptions happening to the balance of the skin microbiome that are causing a lot of problems. Then we're, we're seeing a lot of dermatitis of eczema types. Perioral dermatitis is now huge. Um, and it, it really is an epidemic. And sometimes Acne vulgaris is involved, but oftentimes it isn't. So a lot of what is called acne isn't really acne. I think it's misdiagnosed. Uh, I was surprised that some of the common treatments that people may be familiar with are actually harmful. And I think at one point in the book, you characterize this, some as the skin equivalent of taking a long course of antibiotics. Uh, could you go into that a little bit more? Thank you. I love your questions because they really do follow logically from, from the argument I'm making, and that is that, yes, when we disrupt microbial balance over a period of time, then we start seeing problems in the skin. And I think it's because we're simply reducing the um, effectiveness of the microbe. Uh, microbial populations on the skin that are there to actually keep your skin healthy and in balance and keep barrier function intact, all of these things, and and give a boost to the immune system, all of these things that when you remove the um, microbes consistently, uh, you're setting yourself up for infection. So you dry the skin out, you're um, um, creating more uh, of, of an environment in which the uh, pathogens like Staph aureus, again, can thrive. Uh, and some types of, or some strains of P. acneus as well. Um, so a lot of the, 
a lot of the conventional acne treatments, for instance, um, uh, benzoyl peroxide is very popular. And benzoyl peroxide is effective because it targets P. acneus directly. And so it works for a while, but over the long term, you are uh, sensitizing your skin, you're making your skin very vulnerable to sun exposure, and you're accelerating the aging process of the skin. So what happens is you get maybe short-term benefit, but long-term adverse effects. One of the other things I was interested by uh, is you cite an article from the International Journal of Cosmetic Sciences, which reported evidence that there was actually an increase in post-adolescence acne. And I was wondering um, if you had a theory as to why that might be happening. Yeah, it all gets back again to, okay, let's, if we back up a little bit and we look at um, the research that was first done on the gut microbiome, and that's now, you know, 10 to 12, 13 years old, and we're learning a great deal about how taking a course of antibiotics, it doesn't just target the pathogens that may be the problem. It wipes out everything in the environment and the, the pathogens as well as the commensals alike. But in so doing, you create a serious imbalance that can lead to really serious problems down the road. And, you know, uh, Martin Blazer, Dr. Blazer did a lot of work with the gut microbiome explaining that when you create these imbalances, you're actually creating more disease. Um, and now we're extrapolating that to the skin microbiome and seeing the same thing, that if you're going to keep um, overusing the cleansers and the exfoliants and the, um, the antibacterials, you're just creating a problem. And so, yeah, you, you see uh, more of a rise, an epidemic, really, of, of skin conditions that you can link to using the wrong products. That simple. And I was wondering if there's been any research uh, that you've done or that you're aware of that looks at the rate of adult acne in the United States compared with the rate in other countries, uh, and if that research has been done and there are significant differences, what possible explanations there would be for that? Okay, well, that's an interesting question, too, because it's really um, a question of doing research uh, with um, certain skin conditions as they appear in industrialized countries versus countries where um, th that aren't as developed. So there are some studies that show that um, uh, people in um, less developed parts of the world in Africa um, have much fewer problems with skin diseases. In fact, they're virtually absent. But there, and, and while I don't know if there's any studies differentiating, say, between Europe and the United States, I, I think it's safe to say that you look at industrialized countries and the way we eat and all of the other things that are going on, that, that yeah, it, it, it's... <laughs> You see rises in skin problems where you have rises in gut problems as well because there's the skin-brain-gut axis, which uh, and 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 so you can argue well everything starts in the gut yeah so so where you've got diets 
that uh, aren't what they should be, uh, you'll, you're going to see a rising rate of skin problems as well. And, and, but this goes throughout all the, all the developed countries. It isn't just the U.S. And um, I want to sort of close by asking you to do some speculation based on your, your training and experience. What discoveries and other advances in skincare do you anticipate in the next uh, couple of years? Okay, well, now you're really speaking my language because, of course, anybody in skincare is going after the Valhalla, which is aging skincare. <laughs> and um, they're again looking at the uh, microbiome, the skin microbiome, and how it behaves, how it keeps skin healthy or doesn't if if the microbiome is itself compromised there there is a brand new study that's just come out which i find fascinating and that indicates that that your skin microbiome is actually predictive of your age so so depending on where you are on the age spectrum you can you you will see a different um skin microbiome profile and so, you know, this this lends itself to the idea that, well, wow, you know, let's let's change our skin microbiomes and we can actually do something towards delaying aging of the skin. So very exciting research coming down down the pike. Well, thank you, Marie, for spending some time with us today. Uh, the book, again, is The Acne Answer, A Step-by-Step -Step Guide to Clear Healthy Skin, published by Sitting Duck Press. Please join us again soon for the next LitCast. <laughs>